For Beyond Profit, a podcast of the ANA Center for Brand Purpose, I'm Ken Volio. It is becoming abundantly clear where consumers stand on purposeful brands. In a study from Razorfish and Vice Media, 82% of respondents across all age groups said the brands they buy personally have a deeply rooted purpose. And 76% said the brands they buy make the world a better place. Unfortunately, not all brands claiming to be purpose-driven are acting in that way, leading to charges of purpose washing. The same Razorfish Vice Media study found that only 43% of consumers truly believe brands are living their stated purpose. To discuss the study, I am joined by Nicholas Chidiak, Brand and Customer Experience Strategy Lead at Razorfish North America. Nicholas, welcome to Beyond Profit. Thank you for having me. So, Nicholas, when you first analyzed you know, the findings from the survey, did anything challenge your own pre- preconceived notions about purpose? Yes. Yeah. There, there were, there were um, three, three things, kind of three thoughts that that we that we had in there um, that were that were surprising. I mean, I, I think the the notion and the idea that you know, people are buying on purpose or people are buying on values isn't isn't anything new. Mm-hmm. The, the what was surprising from from our perspective was honestly, I I had thought that 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 there was a little bit more bullshit in there than 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 one would <laughs> one would um, one, than one is hearing. And, and and the way we 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 explored that was we asked people, and sorry, and bullshit comes on the back of people signaling. Um, mm-hmm. through the surveys. So, so what we basically did to try and overcome that, we had a hypothesis that basically said that people are are more willing to signal on their own behalf versus their friends. So what we did was we asked one group of people, do you buy on on values and on purpose? And then we asked another group of people, do your friends buy on value and on purpose? And our mm-hmm. assumption would be that there would be a gap there. Um, and that gap was nowhere near as close as we had assumed it would be. I genuinely thought that people were going to say, well, yeah, they, they self-report quite high. Like I, 85% of the time I buy on values, but my friends, I mean, they say they do, but they don't really, that was kind of the, the underlying logic and the hypothesis right. we were testing uh, that, that, that hypothesis was rejected. We, there was a very, very small, I mean, almost statistically insignificant difference between those two answers. I think one came in at 82% and the other one came in at 75%. So, so that was surprising factor number, number one. Mm-hmm. The, the, second, the second kind of insight we thought was, was interesting is we had seen a lot of studies around generalizing the US, you know, which is like, oh, everyone in the US buys on values. But there was also contention, emerging contention based on the political climate that purpose and value-driven brands were coastal. You know, they indexed coastal um, Gen Z and wealthy. So, you know, purpose brands was, was a thing of the coasts. And so we explored that. And as well, um, that, that hypothesis was, was rejected. What we saw was, was values were important to all stratas and all segments, both mm-hmm. urban and rural, low income, medium income, higher income, and, and all, um, all generational cohorts. So uh, I mean, yeah, there was there was some variation, but it wasn't it wasn't anything it wasn't anything major for mm-hmm. us to be able to say that yeah you know the only people who care about purpose driven brands are are liberals that was that was that's that is untrue based on based on our study right and so that that was kind of interesting uh, insight number two and then the third factor was uh, was around willingness to pay 
you know, I, and first of all, I, I also I want to be clear around some limitations around our study. Like this, the, our sample was about, I think it was twelve hundred people. It was a combination mm -hmm. of qual. We also did IDIs. Like uh, I think we did twelve to fifteen IDIs. We conducted a series of experiments, um, and and you know, and obviously there were limitations because we were conducting this during COVID. And, you know, we're still in we're still in COVID, so I would assume that maybe the environment was one where it highlighted the importance of, of values in this environment. But but mm -hmm. but I think that. The third, the third important element was was willingness to pay. So we conducted a series of experiments that basically put, you know, a, a variety of different products and brands. So we took a tequila brand as an example, um, and basically um, created fake benefits and and and, and said, you know, um, benefit. We had a control group, and then we had a reviewed group, which is the reviewed group was this is a tequila brand and the bartenders guild have rated this tequila brand three years in a row. And then, a, and, then a, and then a purpose, a couple of purpose groups where we said, hey, with every, with every bottle of tequila you buy, 15% of revenue or 5% of revenue, I forget, goes mm -hmm. to bartenders in your neighborhood in need. Yep. And, and within those groups, we asked people, how much would you be willing to pay for, um, for that, that bottle of tequila? And we repeated that across a variety of products. And like in general, we saw, we saw a willingness to pay increase of 1.5x. Um, which is which is substantial. So I think that that is the um, kind of the third surprising element in this study beyond the beyond the obvious stuff, which is people buy on purpose. So I work for an association of marketers, and so one of the insights that stood out for me in particular was the skepticism that many marketers have for their own brand's purpose. <laughs> so so what does that say to you? Uh, it, it's not it's not Ken. It's not surprising, and it's not surprising for a variety of reasons. Let us let us take the brands that are born with some type of a purpose and, and mm -hmm. push those aside. Okay, let's say that those have purpose in their DNA. They have some type of a founding purpose. I mean, they were they were born of purpose. And let's 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 remove those brands. Sure, sure. I assume that they are they are a, a a lucky minority. Purpose initiatives are usually, you know, could be synonymous with change management initiatives. And if you look at, I think there was an an HBR study that revealed something like seventy percent of change management initiatives end up failing. So I think when you look at purpose through the lens of change management, it's not surprising that, that, that it fails. Now, now, if we have to get specifically into why, why, um, why there is disbelief in purpose, in my personal experience, there have been, there are a variety of different reasons, but a lot of them involve process. So they're being run in some corner of the organization versus at the center of the organization. So they're being run by marketing, right. you know, often off a corner. Right. And so I think, I think that's, that's, that's number one, which is, you know, you don't have organizational buy-in. I think that's, that's the obvious one that we, we all know. I think the second one is, is, is a lack of, a lack of rigor in the approach. And by that, what I mean is, I mean, usually the, usually the way these, Purpose exercises are conducted is you'll have some type of an offsite, you'll have a day or two, you know, you'll have a variety of inputs, an outside moderator comes in, you'll articulate a variety of purposes, you'll bring a bunch of people in and then you'll vote on them. And then maybe, maybe you'll do some type of consumer research around the topic. And then you commit to it, you articulate it to the whole organization, and then you call it a day. And then and then good luck, good luck activating across the organization. That's usually the way these things, these things work. Uh, razor fish, we don't we don't necessarily think that's 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 a bad thing, but what we do believe is there needs to be a little bit more rigor in the process. And and it should not stop at 
hey, let's let's present these to consumers and see what happens. And, 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 and so I think what needs to happen after these sessions are proper rigor internally within the organization and to ask mm-hmm. ourselves, okay, well, how would this influence the way we design products? Mm-hmm. How would this influence the way we recruit? How would this influence um, our employee engagement strategy? And then based on that, based on that, when you begin to see truly what the output of this purpose would be, then you can properly evaluate whether or not this purpose is workable or whether or not this sits, its workability is restricted and constrained to your advertising. Um, and so, yeah. so I think that's, that's, that's number two. So the process, I think, needs to be a lot more rigorous for marketers, marketers to buy in. The third, the third and most common one is, is advertising agencies in specific coming in and inventing purpose as opposed to helping a client articulate them. And that's why, you know, at, at Razorfish, our, our point of view uh, is, is, is we, we, we help our clients articulate their purpose and not invent it. And I think that's, right. that's really, really important. You know, it's not, we're not going to come in with, with creators of manifesto videos. And I mean, that's, that's not our, I mean, that, that's, you know, we're not, we're not the agency to work with if that's what, if that's what you're expecting. So I think, I think ensuring that the role of an outside entity, be it an agency or be it a consulting firm that is helping you frame up purpose is, is really clear. It's not to invent it on your behalf yeah. and, 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 and leverage some type of cultural phenomenon taking place and then figure out how do you pull it into the organization and architect the purpose around it. It's actually to help an organization from the inside out define and find and articulate uh, uh, what, what their purpose may be. And then finally, uh, the last point I think is just just low employee engagement around the topic. Like I don't think organizations spend enough time thinking about okay, this is this is our purpose. What do our offsites look like mm-hmm. based on based on this purpose? Uh, Bank of the West, I think I think do a wonderful job of that, and I can talk a little bit about that um, later on. But but in general, I think figuring out how do we engage our own staff and employees around our purpose, I think is another, is another missing element. So I think all of those factors lead to marketers and just people in general and uh, uh, creating a cynicism around like, well, are we really living up to our purpose? Do I really believe in our purpose? You know, can, right. we, can we action our purpose and so on? I want to get back to what you said about that um, Razorfish does not define purpose, uh, the brand's purpose for your clients. But have you had situations where you actually had to elevate it or tweak it as a result of the of the process that you go through with a client that you felt maybe it wasn't exactly right for them? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, when it comes down to you know the capabilities and what we have, you know, there there is always you know our role is is to help push, but to help push within the realm of credibility. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not to help push so that you know a creative team get excited about it. Like that's not the intention. It's it's yeah, we can absolutely elevate it, but 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 frankly, if it's not there, it's not there, yep. <laughs> right? And and I don't want to invent it on your behalf yes. and pretend yeah. it's there. So so I think that's 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 really important. And 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 making it making a choice about whether or not you want to be an organization that puts purpose at its core or not. And it's and it's totally fine for you to say, you know what. It's just not. It's just not for us. I mean, here's a really good example. Ken is Bailey's. Mm-hmm. Bailey's turned around. I think there was an IPA report on them 
I think I think they've won IPA uh, Grand Prix for a variety of years. I mean, I don't quote me on this, but they've grown their business. I think 35, 35 or thirty six. I think their category has been pretty much flat. And they basically said, you know what? We discovered that you know our purpose of, of I think it was something something vague like champion championing women or or something mm-hmm. like that. You know mm-hmm. that 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 neglected the role of the product. And so we we moved from from a purpose and and rooted what we did back in a benefit and and our and, and our strategy became about you know part um, I think it's part part booze part dessert or something like that and they basically yeah. said let's let's reframe our product to be to be about dessert uh, you, one could argue that doesn't doesn't really have purpose but it but it drove their business right and so I think I think the other question we need to ask ourselves is like you know sometimes. You know, I, I think brands, old brands should do their part, you know, reducing their carbon footprint and, 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 and establishing, you know, establish, establishing very specific goals that, that, that are hygiene factors. But I think it's, it's, it's totally fine for a brand to say, you know, we're, we're just, we're not, a, a, we can't credibly put a purpose at the core of our brand and, and stand by it. And that's, and that's fine. Are, are you also seeing in the marketplace that uh, brands are becoming increasingly preachy? Um, and not necessarily taking the action that they may talk about. I I I I think I think we have, and I think we have for for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think COVID has put a lot of pressure on brands to feel like they need to be doing something, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like in many instances, what you are seeing is you are seeing short term purpose initiatives versus really long-term purpose initiatives that are coming mm-hmm. back of real, real thinking and real rigor. So, so I do think you're, you're seeing brands become a little bit more preachy and, and declarative about what they've done. So I want to get back to marketers here for a second. So your survey found that there's a low percentage of marketers that are using purpose to inform how they design experiences and products. So does that, does that speak to what you, you were talking about earlier, that it's not deeply rooted in the organization? Yeah, I, I do think it's 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 it speaks to exactly exactly that, and and I think there is a there is another interesting study. It was an old study by Forrester, and they were basically talking about most experiences. I think I, I think it was I can't remember what it was, but it was sixty or seventy percent of experiences aren't designed with a CX vision in mind. You know, and a CX vision needs to emanate from purpose, and and so. So I think that that the issue there falls from all the things that we outlined in the in the in the previous question, but I I also think this is also a byproduct of digital agencies in specific, and and I find that digital agencies tend to be quite myopic with the way they, the way they design digital experiences. Mm-hmm. So they think very much in terms of a specific channel, um, a specific journey within that channel. Um, you know, they they will they will architect experiences around generalities like all right we need to make it emotional and we need to make it convenient like no shit every every experience needs to be emotional and every experience sure needs to be convenient yeah but a lot of i mean if you ask a lot of you know a lot of the creators of digital experiences like what what is what is the the purpose of this brand that this experience should be delivering against i think you're going to find very few will be able to answer that question so, so, right. so outside of just clients, I, th- I also think the agents, the, the struggle is with, with digital agencies. And I think you have creative agencies that sit in the world of platitudes and you have digital agencies that are, that are kind of myopic and you don't really have anyone kind of 
kind of sitting in the middle. Um, mm. So, so I think that's that's kind of one other issue with um, with products and experiences, specifically in the digital space. And now a quick break. Hey there, Beyond Profit listener. Are you looking for more ways to become smarter about purposeful marketing? Then allow me to introduce you to the ANA Center for Brand Purpose. The center offers playbooks, articles, events, a committee, training, and much more, all created to help you bring your brand's purpose to life. You can learn more about all the resources available by visiting ana.net slash brand purpose. Now, back to the show. Sounds to me, Nicholas, that you're really challenging your agency brethren to step up their purpose game. We 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 are, yeah. And I think it's I, I think it's a really, really powerful. I think purpose is is uh, Ken, I think purpose is really, really powerful. I know we roll our eyes at it today and 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 there is there is a ton of growing cynicism around it, but I think mm-hmm. there's cynicism around it because it's not being applied uh, applied properly. You know, yep. and there's this idea that there's a one size fits all to how the whole brand should be purposeful. And so, you know, Razorfish, we talk about pulling purpose into performance and it's literally talking about purpose, but the impact it has on your commerce experience on, right. the button on your website. And so, yeah, we are, we are, we are challenging, we challenge ourselves and we are challenging other agencies as well too. Sure. Well, speaking of rolling your eyes at purpose, <laughs> I had mentioned at the top that only 43% of respondents believe brands are living their stated purpose. You've, you know, I think you've outlined some of the issues at play here, you know, especially internally in the culture, et cetera. Are there other issues at play um, externally? Yeah, I think I think there are a couple of things. Uh, the anecdote I like to I like to use talk about how much culture is, is different is if you look at and it's a, it's a little old, but it's still interesting. Is if you look at Coke's 1971 Hilltop commercial, which is mm-hmm. like by the world of Coke. And basically for those who haven't seen it or for, 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 I mean, it's considered one of the most iconic and, and by many, one of the, one of the greatest commercials of all time. Where Absolutely. A, a group of, 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 of diverse people sitting on a, on a, on a, on a hilltop and singing, uh, you know, the, you know, talking about unity with, with a bottle of Coke. In there. Right. Fast forward to, um, can I think Kendall Jenner or Kylie Jenner? I don't know my Jenner as well, but 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 the Pepsi disaster, where basically she was using that as yes. a as a tool to, do, to fundamentally do the same thing, which is to bring people together. Now, Ken, if you think about the argumentation, the strategic argumentation across both of those, you could say, all right, one is one is one is tastefully executed and the other one isn't. Mm-hmm. But fundamentally, they're delivering a very similar argument, which is let's use a soda to bring the world together. And in one in one in one case, you have what is considered to be the greatest marketing mm-hmm. campaign by many. And then in the other case, you have it's considered to be the biggest marketing disaster of all time. And I think that that story in itself reflects just how much things have changed in the world of marketing and, and how much more cynical people are and, and how large brands used to be, well, size used to be something that reassured people. And now size is something that creates cynicism around, mm-hmm. around organizations. And so I think cult- culturally, the, the world is, is a very, very different place. The second element, I think, is specifically, I do think COVID has played a role for a variety of reasons. It's put a lot of pressure on brands to do or say something. Mm-hmm. And like all brands, I think 10% of brands are doing, doing it really, really well, and 40% are doing it okay, and then there's 50% that are just, just garbage. 
Right. And I think people get exposed to the 50% and they're just like, this is bullshit. And to your point, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're listening to two brands preach on and wax on poetically and, and talk about stuff. And, and they're being complete incongruence between, you know, what they're saying and, and, and what they're doing and, right. and, and getting exposed for that. So I think that's, that's another reason, which is just a disappointment, being exposed to more disappointment in brands. And then the third, the third element, which I think is, is a little different today than it was historically is you are seeing you are seeing purpose washing permeate popular culture like in television shows they're they're talking about it so if you look at succession right which is which is one of one of the last two years biggest shows like there's there's a lot of scenes in there that actually reference purpose washing you look at bo burnham's show inside on Netflix, there's an entire skit around him playing your marketing consultant that is, you know, helping you find your purpose and determining your purpose. So, so what was what was before jokes made in the sphere of marketing is now permeating popular culture. And so I think if you take all of those factors into play i think you are you are you you are operating in an environment where the cynicism is super high specifically across certain categories you know not all categories are alike and and that creates a backdrop for um for you know for people for a third i think it's a third or 66 percent 67 percent of consumers mm-hmm. say that all of this is, is uh, most of the most of the stuff that brands are doing is bullshit <laughs> unbelievable i want to i want to read a, a quote from a millennial from your study who said companies have shown that they are ill-equipped to live up to customers' expectations of having a purpose. So what will it take for brands to prove uh, to their customers that they have the be- their best interests in mind? Yeah, so, so, so a couple of things, and this might be, this might be a, a little bit redundant, mm-hmm. um, but the first thing is it depends on the category. I think a lot of purpose studies basically treat the entire, all categories, all, all, all organizations of all sizes in a similar manner. So one of the one of the one of the nuances within purpose is the size of your organization. Our, our, our basically our study reveals that, and again, we conducted a series of experiments. We asked people how important is it for an organization to, to do their part in society or to give yeah. back to society. And the yeah. only thing we manipulated was the size of the organization. So we basically said this organization has a, whatever. I think a, the fact that the variable we kept changing was like size of staff. What we basically found was when you extended it to the larger organizations, when it was a small organization, it was one in two consumers felt like they had to do their part. Mm-hmm. But when you expanded that to a large organization, all of a sudden that, that jumped up to two thirds. So I think, Ken, the, the question, your answer, the answer to your question is it depends on what category you're in and the size of your organization. The larger your organization feels, at least it yeah. feels, the more, the more you have to do. Right. Yeah. So I think that, that's, that's, that's a really, really important, important component. So, so n- now assuming, that, assuming that, that we move that and we try and answer the question with a, with, with a couple of more just ge- generalities, I think the first thing is to understand that like, becoming a purpose brand, like I said earlier, isn't, isn't for everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it is not for right. everyone. So, right. so step number one is, you know, determine if this is going to be something you can architect or do you just stick to a positioning similar to, to what we spoke about earlier when it came down to, to, um, uh, to Bailey's. And, and, and in an absence of, of a purpose, I think it's entirely okay for a company to say that, you know what, we're going to do our part. 
you know, where we're going to work towards carbon neutrality by X date, we're going to evolve our packaging, but we're not, we're not like a purpose-driven company. Like we do mayonnaise and that's, that's, that's totally fine. And it's totally acceptable. I, so I think that's, that's step number one is determine right. whether or not this is actually something you can credibly do at the core of your organization or something that, you, you know, there's hygiene factors that you need to be, you need to be delivering. And then point number two is, is what, we are, what we spoke about earlier, is don't invent it, articulate it. Start from the inside. Don't start from culture. Start from the founding stories and let the exploration begin from, you know, within an organization. And so I think that, 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 is, that is key and that's, that's, that's important. Three is long-term. And I think mm-hmm. what we discussed earlier is purpose during COVID is, all right, we need to get behind this topic and this topic and this topic and this topic. And there's no long-term consistency behind getting behind a purpose initiative. And I think if yeah. you look at, I mean, if you ask everyone, it's like, all right, what, what's, you know, what is a purpose-driven brand? Everyone, 90, 90% of people are going to say Dove. And most people are going to say Dove because Dove has been at it for almost, almost 20 years. Right. You know, there is one purpose. They've stuck with it. They do stuff around sustainability. But in general, like, I think their purpose is, is architecting a healthier relationship between the beauty category and, and their consumer. Um, and so, so I think, Long-term tactics are, no, sorry, long-term strategy versus tactics, I think is, is really, really important. And then finally, to your earlier point, uh, and this is more about how do you design media plans about, yeah. uh, around it, is, 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 is at least our personal contention is purpose should be experienced you know, and or, or overheard, not communicated. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's, that's, that's important. Like you should be able to um, experience an organization's purpose versus um, versus hear a brand wax on about it poetically, you know, and, and this obviously, this doesn't take into consideration the obvious stuff, which is there needs to be congruence between what you're saying, what you're doing, and a variety of other things, which I'm sure, I'm sure you and, and all your, your, your viewers probably, or listeners, sorry, know, know quite well. <laughs> I, I just have to ask, Nicholas, do you believe that not all purposes need to change the world? Because I, I, I think there is that thought process that if you're a purposeful company, you know, you're, you're solving climate change or ridding the world of plastic and, you know, things of that nature. And I, I think there are companies that can have a purpose that don't have necessarily a, a higher uh, meaning um, than, you know, than things along those lines. Do you agree with that? Or do you feel like there has to be, you have to be making an appreciable difference in your customers' lives to, to really have an authentic purpose? Yeah, I think I think so. I think there are. Uh, I think there are. Uh, I, I, I agree. I agree with you, and I agree with you. Like if in, in kind of there, there are kind of two 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 um, two ways I want to answer the question. Yeah. The first, the first way is another another area we explored in our study is basically um, the proximity of purpose to people's. Um, lives and homes. And what we right. basically did was we designed a, an experiment that basically invited people to take, I think the experiment was, uh, was around, yeah, it was, it was around a, a bookstore. And, 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 and we basically asked people, would you be willing to buy a $20 book for the, from the following bookstore that donates 20% of the proceeds to a school? And all we did was we, we manipulated the distance of the school from their homes. Mm-hmm. And we showed that to them visually. We basically said the school is one mile away. And then in group, in, 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 in group two, we basically said that the, the school is 100 miles away. And then in the final group, we said that the school is 1,000 miles away. Mm-hmm. What we basically saw is that the closer the school was to home, 
right? In terms of just, just by manipulating the distance, people, uh, the willingness to, to, to buy that book increased. Mm -hmm. And substantially, and so I think, does a purpose have to change? Uh, have to change a world? Assuming your purpose is 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 of a of a of a benevolent intent, then the answer to that question is no. You could you could change it. You could change a neighborhood. So so that's that's number one. And and so I think I think your the other part of your question is, can you have a personal purpose? You know, can can a tequila brand say? I think can let's let's use tequila because we're we're talking about tequila. Can a tequila brand say, my my purpose in the world isn't to, you know, to to whatever to save the world. It's it's to help my consumers become better hosts in their home. Okay, and and what I'm going to do is I'm going to design experiences around that. That an architect experiences around that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna imagine my organization's a, a hosting company. And mm -hmm. I help them craft amazing cocktails. I absolutely think that's a, that's 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 a, that's a purpose, and that's sure. a purposeful brand. You know, it's 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 can you ladder up beyond the attributes of a product benefit? So so the answer to your question is yeah yeah I do I do feel that a brand can have purpose without it needing to to save to save the world. So um, I want to give you a choice here for my next question. You talked about that there are categories that are killing it in purpose. So I either want you to talk a little bit about what categories those are, or maybe talk or provide a few examples of brands that are that are killing it in the purpose space. Or you can talk about both. <laughs> I think a brand that's doing really well in the purpose space, and and you know beyond the obvious ones, is I think Bank of the West. I, I, and what I love about Bank of the West is. Their, their purpose is basically changing, changing the world based on, on what they don't finance, right? So, uh, which, is, which is really elegant, really simple. I get yeah. it. I understand it. There's a, there's a clearer role for, for the bank in there. Um, and, and, and what they basically do is you see it permeate through all their products and experiences. So they have, you know, 1% of their revenue, the checking, checking account uh, goes back to environmental organizations. So they've partnered up with... Um, I think it's one percent for the planet, which uh, which is uh, Yvonne uh, Schwana uh, from Patagonia's yes, yep. organization. So they've partnered mm -hmm. with that, and so basically all the revenue they make against their checking accounts, one percent goes to to that to that uh, to that partnership. Yep. Sure. Then when you look at their app, their app experience, their app experience is a really good example. The app experience not only tells you how much you spent, but it also tells you how much carbon you've utilized through those expenses. Right? So it allows you to track your carbon footprint based on, on your expenses. So that's, that's product. And, 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 and I've, I've heard, I mean, they're, they're, even their offsites, and we were talking about employee engagements, even right. their offsites, their offsites, they go to beach, beaches and, and, and clean up beaches. Uh, they go to low-income homes and install solar panels. Like that is, those are their offsites. Right. Um, you Amazing. know, they're, they're their billboards are like upcycled into waterproof backpacks for their employees. <clears throat> yeah. And, and, and I think it's, it's, I'm not even talking about the advertising, I'm talking about the stuff they do internally and the way they design products and the way they design experiences. And then the, 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 the one that I find really fascinating is uh, apparently they have, they have um, a series of, of beehives on, on their roof, Ken. And every single time they screw something up with, with, a, with a customer, they basically send them a pot of honey from from their roof, basically saying something like, you know, I we hope we can make this transaction transaction sweeter. Um, but that that for me is a really good example. You know, Bank of the West that, that takes 
clear purpose, which is clear, I understand it, and, yeah. and, 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 and pull it into their, their business model, pull it into their product, pull it into their experience, pull it into their employee engagement, and even into their advertising, you know, mm-hmm. think, you know upcycling out billboards. You right, know, right. So, so that for me is, is an unsung hero. I know that yeah. they don't get referenced quite a bit in, in, in the world of in the world of purpose. Lastly, I, I want to uh, cite another couple of statistics here um, from your study. Uh, it said 63% of respondents said they usually discover a brand's purpose on the company's website versus 46% on product packaging and 30% at the store. I found that a little surprising. Do those numbers trouble you at all? Or, or was that not like a su- surprise f- from your perspective? I think what was a, sur- what was a surprise from our perspective is how many people actively engage in seeking out information or how many people actually report seeking out information on uh, on own channels like mm-hmm. I, I i was surprised I, my our assumption would be people you know are kind of kind of keeping an eye out for hints signals yeah but not really not really going into the nitty gritty of, of of an organization. So I think for me, for me, the surprising part was in the in that study was how many people actually reported actively searching for brands' credentials around this topic versus mm-hmm. doing it in a in a half-assed manner. So that 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 for for us was was the most surprising area, and that speaks to how do you design digital experiences, the role yeah. of calm, you know, in 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 speaking about purpose and highlighting purpose credentials. Um, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Terrific. Well, Nicholas, I can't thank you enough for joining me on Beyond Profit. Uh, the pleasure was mine, Ken. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for having us. To download the purpose study we discussed today, please visit razorfish.com. That's razorfish.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.